The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Good evening, everyone. Lights are on. Time for the obligatory preamble. Sitting all nice and quiet, but I'm disturbing you now. Um, anybody new here tonight? Anybody been for the first time? Coming for the first time, I should say? On Monday? Have you ever done a longer meditation, like a, a sort of hour kind of thing? Okay, yeah, you'll, be, you'll be fine then. Very good. If everybody knows what they're doing then, we might, we might get started. Um, uh, just to familiarize everybody, we'll sit for about an hour. Um, also, anybody online that, that I, have, I sort of forgot, anybody online, we'll, we'll sit for about an hour, I'll give some meditation instructions, um, and you're more than welcome to ask questions after that. And yeah, it's, it's all pretty self-explanatory. So and with that, we'll, we'll start the meditation now. Just find a comfortable seat and settle in and relax into your position. You can simultaneously become aware of your surroundings along with any internal signals in the body that you might be feeling. Just try to come into the present moment of whatever you're experiencing right now. You could notice the sounds in the room, the sounds from outside. Notice their changing nature. They just come and go. You also notice how the body is feeling just simply sitting here. It's weight against the seat. Maybe the feeling of your hands overlapping or your feet touching the floor. Or the different areas where the, your clothes are touching your skin. You can feel all the little pulses and vibration and Slight movements and adjustments as the body settles in.
You can even notice those little corrective movements that the body makes as it balances itself. And the innate expanding and contracting movement as the breath comes and goes throughout the body. Again, we don't have to try to change anything about our experience, but just, just notice it for what it is and try to connect with your experience just as it is right now. even notice in your heart region, or your stomach, how it is you feel at the moment. You can notice the quality of your thoughts. Are they racing? Or are they settled? Are you in a generally good mood or even potentially an agitated or bad mood? Or it even might just be simply just neutral. There's no real a mood or emotion either way. But also take stock of your thoughts and emotions and how you feel right now. And again, not trying to change them, but just simply noticing what experience is like right now. And that it continues to shift and change. And everything starts to settle into place. The body, the thoughts, the emotions, it all starts to gradually settle down and slow down. Just like when you drop a rock in water and at first it ripples out and the waves are bigger. But in time, that movement gradually starts to peter out and the ripples and the waves become smaller and smaller as the water settles back into stillness. There's no need to force the ripples to become smaller. We just leave them 
the water starts to become still by itself. Just see if you can, for the next few moments, just sit and patiently rest and wait and watch. Just as things start to calm down and become still. Become still by not interfering with them.
And as things start to settle and become still, maybe your thoughts are slowing down or calming down. The body starts to stay in place. You can just follow our own natural inclinations of whatever meditation object that we are most familiar with. Might be the breath or reading a mantra or developing kindness. Whatever we're most used to, just stay with this. And every now and again, whenever we're remaining aware of this object, To see if you can notice what it actually is that is aware. Pervasive awareness that is already there. It's an awareness where we don't have to do anything. This awareness just is. Sinking into it requires no effort. No direction, no control, it just is. So every now and again, as you watch your breath or stay with your meditation object, See if you can let go and just notice awareness as it is. Notice the thing that is aware of the breath. Just rest as that. And if your mind or your thoughts start to ripple and come back online, simply stay with your breath for a period of time, but just temporarily and occasionally drop everything 
See if you can rest in this state, just awareness itself.
a state of just being awareness itself. Doesn't require you to do anything. Just simply let everything be. There's nothing for you to do. Simply notice what awareness is. What is it to be aware? And what is it that feels like it's aware? Simply turn to this knowing It's still, it's silent, it's ever-present. It's that which encompasses everything. It's that which is experience itself. It's the most easy and natural thing that there is to just be, to just be that which is.
And if we just simply sit and be as is, Simply, this body, this awareness, existing here, breathing, there's nothing more that needs to be done. just is. There's no need to try to do anything. Just be. The more you can give up this struggle give up this effort to control this knowing awareness arises naturally by itself it's not about doing anything to get to this place of still awareness. It's about letting things be. Becoming free of doing or trying. Simply just being. few minutes, see if you can simply drop everything and just be as is.
Well done to the few and the brave who stayed. A few people take off, so it's good that you stay for the whole time. A lot of times in meditation, <clears throat> especially if we're sitting for a little bit longer, <clears throat> it's we can sort of hit a, a roadblock, maybe about halfway through, and say, ah, oh, this isn't working. I, could probably I can think of better things to do now. I could get up and go somewhere else. But it's actually if we if we actually stick this out, um, a lot of times it actually can get much better, and you can sort of you know stop struggling against your own mind. And that's sort of maybe a little bit of the practice we were doing tonight. A lot of the times we tend to struggle with ourselves a lot, and then especially in meditation, if you're trying to say for example stay with the breath or something like this you're we're always sort of struggling to keep our awareness and struggling to keep our attention on this thing it's this constant uh, uh take the mic out or <laughs> this constant um you know, struggle to try to control our awareness control our attention and sometimes actually if we just sort of give up that struggle or give up that sense of control or give up wanting things to be another way actually we can actually drop into this, this very nice state of stillness or yeah it's it's good that you all stayed for it yeah anybody in the room have any questions come up to the mic or you can just scream them out one or the other i don't think anybody wants to scream at the moment but yeah, shout them out We can sit in silence, one or the other. Oh, got a delay. That's nice. <laughs> you don't want to hear me ramble at this time of night. It's not. It's never good. I'm always tired, and my rambles are bad at this time of night. So, <laughs> questions are questions are much much appreciated. Anything online or? Well, there is a question online. Thank you, Bhante. Thank you for tonight's session. It was written even before we started the session. So it's obviously a burning question. Okay. Um, hello, Bhante. I have done a lot of contemplation today mm. and I've come to the realization that I am anxious to be productive on the path. Mm because I don't want to feel my sadness for being trapped in samsara. Mm. Do you have some wisdom or insight to offer? Just to clarify, just to clarify, you said uh, you have like an anxiousness to progress on the path. Was that right? Correct. Because so, of so you don't want to feel the, the, the sadness or the suffering that comes along with it. And so... Essentially, essentially, what do you do with that anxiousness or what do you do to inspire yourself to go along the path? Do you sort of read the question in that way or? Think how to respond to the feeling of anxiety mm. that is coming up about one, wanting not wanting to, to be trapped in samsara. Yeah. 
Well, I guess it's. I think the I think the first thing to sort of try to notice is well, one that is a uh, at its very base level that is a good kind of desire to have to some extent of 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 realizing that in some way that you're dissatisfied or you have some kind of suffering or you have some kind of you've realized this sort of the existential existential crisis that you're in and you want to get out of this thing um that in itself is a, a very good motivation to actually have it's the you'd say it's the first one of the first steps to actually developing in buddhism what we call true dispassion dispassion to uh the sort of vicissitudes of the world and the suffering that it can bring up so it's a very good motivation to actually have but if it's turning into this kind of uh a stress response or some kind of anxious response of worrying that you aren't progressing quick enough or anxiousness of i just i really really need to get out of this and it is bringing up these this more this kind of resistance towards the suffering um then you have to be a little bit careful with that you don't want to you know you uh, the way that you progress on the path is you you gradually let more and more things go you gradually become freer you gradually become more and more at ease with these things if you're trying to progress but you're feeling more and more anxious more and more agitated um more and more like you want to run away from sort of samsara then you know again you're sort of you're 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 pointed in the right direction, but you're just off a few degrees. So we just have to be very careful if it, if our desire to progress is bringing up kind of anxiousness. Um, it can, we can, because what we can end up doing is pushing ourselves too hard and pushing ourselves in the wrong direction and pushing ourselves in a way where it's actually counterproductive to us developing more peace and more calm. Um, I know, so for example, myself, I, I had this problem a lot when I first, in you know, my first couple of years of practicing, as I could, you know, there's, it's a big thing, you know, for example, you become a monk, I, I take, off to, take off to Thailand, I get rid of everything, I get rid of all my possessions and all my money and all these, uh, and all my musical instruments and all my things and get rid of everything. And it's like, I've thrown it all away. I'm in this strange clothes now. I've shaved my head. I have to progress. This has, all this has to work. I'm, I'm, I, I've realized this suffering that I'm in and I have to get out of it. And really pushing myself in these kinds of ways actually, in a way, actually ended up being a little bit counterproductive because I was just so, I was just so worried and anxious that I wasn't progressing as fast as I could, that this basically ended up sort of spinning the wheels and just becoming more and more anxious because of it. So we have to be careful of being too over enthusiastic or over in, you know, uh, over worried about the progress that we are or are not making. Again, this is a practice of continually letting things go, not 
trying to control you know your your uh your progress again you just practice um practice steadily um uh, let go of whatever suffering that you have and just let go of it gradually it's because again it's it really it can sort of bring up more anxiety so just be careful but but just to reiterate the start if it is anxious or anxiousness or um or it is this kind of strong will or strong desire to get rid of suffering then this you know again it is a good thing but we just have to watch where it's taking us if it's taking us into this way of things are becoming more we are becoming more sad or we are becoming more uh, worked up or we are becoming more despondent or we are becoming more agitated with the lack of progress then that's that's that desire is going in the wrong way but if that desire is sort of leading us to become more and more um, uh, dispassionate but dispassionate with a sense of ease and joy within it um, then this is this is the kind of uh, wanting freedom from suffering that you more want to be going after and you more want to be sort of gravitating towards that one. So hopefully hopefully that answers the, the question. Yeah. Would anyone, thank you Ajahn, would anyone like to ask a question here in the room tonight? It's a really good question. Um, just for the benefit of anybody that's online, um, the question was asked: Is in Buddhism uh, there there is this kind of aspect of you know we we uh, move throughout life. We have certain causes and conditions that happen to us. Things happen to us, and we end up sort of being the person we are because of causes and conditions. Did you also mean many lives, or just the or just the present life? Yeah, so in Buddhism, we often talk about being uh, born and dying and being reborn many times. So we've built up a lot of uh, karma over the course of this time. And now we're at this point of where we are at this point in time. So is this, the question essentially is, is this some kind of predetermined fate that we are what we are? So should we, you know, can we actually change that? Can we progress uh, above and beyond? Is that a fair sort of assumption of your question? So... Yeah, this is a, it is it is a really good question, and, and it's like uh, it actually like these these things like really keep me up at night a lot. I, it's it's I spend so much time thinking about this stuff, um, so I could really like go go on about this a lot. But essentially, where my my thinking is at, and where I think uh, quite aligns with the Buddhist position as well, is that this idea that this idea that we're totally determined by the karma that we have. I don't think this is a, a, a useful or a nuanced version of what karma actually is. Some people think of karma as this kind of predetermined fate of that the reason I am the way I am right now is solely because of old karma. Now, if that was the case, then you're right. You actually, you can't progress. 
because you're just predetermined to actually function in the way that that karma has made for you to be that way. And so essentially Buddhism doesn't quite ascribe to that. There is this aspect there that you can you can sort of shift and move within that. There is some kind of um, uh, choice within that. There is some kind of compatibilism between being able to freely choose something, but then also being determined by the particular kind of hardwiring that we've got and the particular kind of karma that we've got. If everything was predetermined as fate in this way, the Buddhist path wouldn't be true. You couldn't progress. You couldn't become enlightened. But the Buddha actually said, no, if, we, if you practice the Eightfold Path, you will move closer and closer towards enlightenment. So there is, I think there's this, there's this aspect of our life. We do have to realize that, that it's sort of mixed up. It's really mixed up together. It's like, yeah, there's, there's things that are, you know, I am the way that I am because of a lot, this whole massive line of predetermined causes that have made me the person that I am, this whole kind of genetic lineage that, that goes back hundreds and thousands of years of human evolution that goes back uh, even further than that of, 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 of how our species has evolved and all these kinds of you know, massive numbers of massive numbers of well, there's so much randomness and so many large numbers of that's determined the way that I am at this point in time. But there is that, so that's I am sort of beholden to that to some extent. But I also have to try to choose to work with that. So whatever you know, whatever sort of machinery, whatever sort of hardware that I've actually got at this point in time, I have to do the best and work with what I've got. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I, do, I do think, you know, if we sort of work with this kind of machinery that we've got, we can sort of like nudge it in different directions and nudge it in the way that we want to. But there's also going to be this very, very strong pull of, your whole hardwire, the way that you're hardwired is pulling you in a particular kind of way. And so if we do just let things go, as in let things go, as in no, I don't try at all, then, yeah, we will be more pulled by our destiny, our fate. But we do have to keep trying to correct that a little bit, keep trying to correct it and go, no, I'm trying to practice meditation i'm trying to improve the quality of my mind here's my habitual thought pattern that i have when i respond to something like this is that useful no not I mean, you might think well no it's not useful i'll try to train my mind in this way but it's going to be so hard your mind you have all these kinds of habits that have built you to be the person that you are with the particular kind of cognitive capacities you have and the particular kind of thought patterns you have and the particular kind of habits that you have and you have to realize that and go, well, everything's pushing me this way, but I'm trying to go this way, just this other little bit. So we do have to work against it a little bit. And the more that we can do that and the more that we can train, the more we'll sort of move off in a different area down the path. So, yeah, it's something that the, I, I know, and I really could go on for a long time about this. I, I think about this a lot. So it's... um. Uh, so yeah, it's, does that answer sort of makes enough sense for now?
Yeah. So the, the question just for people online is if you've got to that point where you can sort of start to turn to the path a little bit, it, it gets a little bit easier. And, and yeah, it does. So again, it's, it's, it's like developing a particular kind of habit. You know, the more that you do this thing, the easier it actually becomes to follow this habit. And so the, you know, the habit of training your mind to be rid of some of maybe its bad reactory habits, it do, that does become a little bit easier. But it's something you have to keep showing up for. You have to keep showing up for. You have to keep trying to do it. The, you know, it, and it's a good analogy of analogy of exercises. You know, you might sort of go, well, I'm going to get fit, and you might have a period where, okay, for a whole year I exercise and I get fit. But you have to continue to do that for the rest of your life. You have to keep showing up every day and becoming fit. It becomes a lot easier once you've sort of built that, built that certain level of fitness. But you still have to keep showing up to do it. You can't just go now. I've, well, I've been fit for a year. I'm done for life. You know, that's sort of where I am at the moment. I've hit this like age now where I'm like, ah, I couldn't be bothered anymore. Like, it's, it's like, why, why keep bother trying with it? It's just like, I'm, I'm fit enough, but yeah. And you know, and the, and the proof is in the, the proof is in the body shape at the moment. So it's the, so it's like, okay, I have to keep showing up. I have to keep doing this thing. So just to yeah, gone on a tangent. Uh, so the answer to that is, yeah, it does get, easier but you still have to keep doing it you can't just go well it's easy now i can just let this thing ride no it's easy uh, but you still have to do it so yeah there's one other question in the room is there any more online as well or but there was a question in the room Yep. So yep. I found myself playing, uh, found myself playing this cat and mouse game yeah. where sort of thing that was aware and yep. things started hypothesizing about questions yep. and started thinking. You know, yeah, yeah. How did you separate that thinking from the knower and it's just talking about it? It's the, yeah. I've got the knower. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the the perennial problem that we face. Oh, just for the people that are online, um, uh, the question was that you know during the meditation tonight, I was encourage encouraging people to sort of drop back into this kind of a priori condition where you are aware of awareness itself, aware of the knower itself. And if if uh, the person that asked the question found that you know I could sort of do that, but then all of a sudden that feeling of being a knower sort of gets entangled with this kind of voice that starts to go, oh, now I am the knower and now I'm doing this. And, but, you know, the, and then the, basically you just start to get uh, like the, those two things, the, this, this space of awareness, but then this, you know, this kind of ego, this self that comes online, this um, sort of starts to get entangled. Is that a fair, sum, a fair you know, summary? Yeah. So it is, it is, it is very hard to do. And essentially what we're trying to do is we just get these few short glimpses of this thing. And we, you know, we drop the effort just for a, a tiny moment. And it's like, ah, oh, that's what it is. And as soon as you do this kind of, ah, oh, that's what it is, you know, it's come back online again. You have the thinking mind, 
the, uh, the, the sort of kind of natural reactory thought patterns have come back online. But there is this space between that where it just is. But then that kind of, oh, oh, this is what it is, comes back online. So when we're starting to do this, you know, you're just going to have these small sliver periods of, oh, that's what that thing is, and just sort of knowing what that thing is and, and sort of that gravitating between that that which is and this, you know, this, 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 this online system that is continually running. It's like every kind of meditation that we actually do. It's the same, it's the exact same skill. If you're learning to, if you're learning to, be aware of your breath. What happens? You know, you go, I'm going to put my attention and awareness on the breath. What happens is, is the, you know, it stays there for a little while. The mind wanders off a bit, gets distracted. And then you go, no, 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 breath, come back to the breath. You can stay with the breath for just a little bit. Breathing, breathing, and it wanders off. It's the same process with this. You're sort of, you're always turning that attention to the awareness itself. And it's going to stick there for a bit and it'll just be as is. But then, you know, that kind of thought pattern will come back online and you just have to keep coming back to it over and over and over again. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, the, and then uh, the less effort you have to put in it, you can just turn towards it and it will stay there for a particular period of time, just like with the breath. You get a little bit better at watching the breath. And it's like, okay, I can watch the breath for maybe three breaths at a time and I keep my attention there, but it wanders off. The more you do it, the more you practice with it. Oh, okay, I can do this for I can do this for 30 seconds. I can do this for a minute. I can do this for 10 minutes or whatever it is. It's the same thing with this. At the start, it's just going to be these tiny little slivers of glimpses of doing it. But the more you actually try to do it, the longer those free periods can actually become where you don't create again because it's this kind of thing where everything's free and everything's dropped away but then what happens is that like the ripples start to come and we start to create again we start to and in buddhism we call this like being and becoming there's this this aspect of becoming we're bringing something into existence but you can the more you practice with this the more you can drop that being you can drop that becoming you can drop that and you can sort of stay in that state of awareness for longer but it, it just again it just takes it takes time it's um but it's it's one of these things that i think uh is probably one of the most useful useful things that you can ever experience in your life because then you know that this thing is there you know that there is that state of freedom there you know that this state of being free of of the sort of the tyranny of thought and the tyranny of your existence is there. There's this, there's this state that's beyond that. And so actually just even just realizing that that thing's there just for a moment is probably the most precious thing that I think that you could ever experience in life. So yeah, even just getting a taste of it and, and then, you know, everything else coming back online, this is a, this is great. You know, consider the times, the rest of your life that you've never experienced that thing. I don't know how old you are now, but it's like this, you know, there's, let's, let's, let's call you 30. Let's, let's, let's call, let's call you 30, 30, 30 years of, 30 years of the sort of the, you know, uh, being and becoming kind of thing. And now you just get this like instance of, oh, that's what that thing is. So 
take you know take uh, take encouragement. It does take a little bit of time. You do have to keep coming back to it, but it will just like any like any other meditation object you try to do. The more you practice with it, the better you get at it. The easier it will be for you to stay in those states for longer and longer. So yeah. So one question online, or have we got time for one more? Thank you, Ajahn. There's more than one question online, but as you say, we've just got time for one more. So apologies to the people who we won't get to. Um, the, the questions we've got here are sort of ones that do come up relatively often uh, about the wandering mind. But there's an aspect of the question that's been asked. Um, it's just something about the uh, noticing the active mind uh, recently I've had a very active mind during my meditations for the last couple of months and it takes a while to notice that I'd been lost in my thinking. Mm. Any advice? And so obviously, you know, there's the advice around um, when this comes, this question comes up relatively often. Yeah. But I wonder if you could say, talk a little bit about this thing of when you notice mm. and and how that might change as you progress in meditation. Yeah. Because I think... Um, it's possible that you can feel like you're going backwards when you start to notice it more, yeah. more often, yeah. and in fact, it's a sign of progress, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you've totally said it right. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point. It's like what happens is a lot of the times with our meditation, the more, the more skilled we get at it, the more we realize that we're actually not very mindful. The more we realize that we're, we don't have as good of attention as we thought we have. So it may feel like the more you practice it, it does feel like, oh, I'm actually, I'm being lost in thought for longer and longer, or I'm more and more distracted at the moment. But in essence, actually, what it usually is, is you're just becoming more aware that you're, that you're, that you're habitually lost in thought. It's not like you're doing it any more than what you were before. It's just that you're noticing it a little bit more now. So I think the big thing to remember is that, you know, and I've said this many times over and over, is that um, usually when we are lost in thought and we have this kind of like wake up moment of like, oh, I'm lost in thought again, we usually think of think of that period that we've lost as 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 um as wasted and we usually at that point where we do sort of wake up and we become mindful again we usually think ah uh, I've, I've wasted time i've i've uh this is a point of you know some most of us sort of think that this is a point of failure but actually that point right there where you have gone i've drifted off awareness has come back online this is actually the point where you're actually succeeding right then because that's what you're meant to be doing your mind's wandered off you know you can become lost in thought and then you become mindful again so this point where we usually think we're failing this is actually the point where we're succeeding so if you're having these experiences where you're becoming you're feeling like your mind is more and more uh, agitated and more active and you're feeling like it's harder for you to come back online just realize that you know this is this is a part of starting the practice and realizing that you're just actually noticing it a lot more now. Um, and when I say starting, like some people think, oh, I've been doing it for a month. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, starting like two years, 
two, three to five years even, that's, that's, that's a beginning meditator. A five years is about a beginning meditator. So this aspect of I've been meditating for three years now and my mind's all over the place. It's like, no, no, your mindfulness is getting better. You're just noticing it more and more and more. And yeah, it's going to have times where it goes up and down. Sometimes you're very uh, you know, lost in thought a lot. Sometimes your mind is a lot more quiet. But every time that your mind becomes, your meditation becomes a little bit better, the, the strength of your mindfulness gets better. So in those times where it is more active, your mind is more active, you're just noticing it a lot more. So take heed, this thing takes, this thing takes a long time. As I said, five years is, you know, three to five years, you're still a beginner. So, so, you know, don't worry, don't worry about it too much. It will get better. You just keep, you just keep at it. So, yeah. Okay. With that, that's, that's, that's me getting fuzzy. So, so that'll probably we'll wrap it up for tonight. So, uh, very good. Very nice to see that you're all here. Uh, just for, uh, just the sort of the, the final housekeeping kind of thing. There's a, a lay meditation tomorrow night. Um, Friday night we have the Nurturing Awareness uh, series and I think we're doing equanimity this Friday so anybody that would like to come to those you're more than welcome to pop along um, we have nothing on Saturday do we just Sunday hot, there's a hot there's... yep Yeah. So yeah, this Sunday at nine thirty, there's the dumb dumma talk and the, the communal lunch, and I think uh, Bhante Aranjavihari. Okay. 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 People can still bring people can still bring food though, can't they? People can still bring food though, can't they? Or. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anybody online? There's, yeah, there's some the information online online about that. I can't, I can't really say and and on the notice board out there. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a. Bhante Aranjavihari is giving the talk, and um, yeah, there'll be a hopper hopper lunch as well. So yeah, with that, we'll call it a night.